The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as a potential for discussions about topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the persons making them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Neat Glass Sponsored Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. And I am Ed. And today we're embarking on a trilogy of episodes that follow the progression of bourbon from its nascent, often illegal, and sometimes deadly, clear spirit origins to its current beautifully brown, crafted, delicious present, and its perhaps uncertain future, all while visiting the styles and substyles of whiskey in between. This is Bourbon Evolution Part 1, starting at the very beginning and exploring moonshine and other unaged whiskeys. And of course, tasting a couple to figure out what the damn difference is, if any. Mm. And joining us in that endeavor are one of our favorite duos back again after a three-month hiatus pixie sue hello and mayor siobhan hello hello but before we get to the tasty history and tasting mystery of clear spirits ed's here to bestow upon us the bevy of blank boozes that will be embodying the belligerent <laughs> forebears of bourbon tonight thank you scott Right, so for the first part, we're going to taste a moonshine that's really popular right now. It's Tim Smith. It's like he makes it in his garage. Tim Smith <laughs> Climax Moonshine, Hello. which comes in at 90 proof. And I will tell you how I tracked down some very elusive Buffalo Trace White Dog match number one. Oh, yeah. Funny story. Uh, 125 proof. Mm. And uh, that White Lightning will be tried as well. Yes. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with some old Smokey, who's kind of the standard of the commercial moonshine market. We decided to get one of their flavored ones, Apple Pie moonshine yeah and so we're gonna have that and that's only 70 proof so we'll drink that by the gallon and then uh, scott's <laughs> taking the some of the moonshine that we used in part one to make a few surprise moonshine cocktails and we'll try that to see if we can improve on the moonshine which i'm not really expecting a hell of a lot of <laughs> yeah me neither i mean sometimes but... you know you go to the podcast you got to go to work you know this is a an evolution of bourbon and you know but it's very patriotic right this is what they were drinking like in the 17 1800s you know? yeah this is what they were drinking right. Right. Yeah. 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 even before that before they started talking like right that. yeah before that that was like the 30s but yeah right <laughs> so yeah so i have of course uh, a moonshine history it's a little long so if you have any like a uh, fun comments to make <laughs> throughout please do oh i was wrong would i turn the gas on my friend siobhan was hiding in the stove <laughs> oh would, would i do that yeah you might for that you might now look would i turn on this gas if my friend rocky was in there you might rabbit you might <laughs> so here we go this is Moonshine History, mostly from an article titled The Shockingly Violent History of American Moonshine, written by Dylan McLaughlin for CoolMaterial.com. Mm -hmm. The word moonshine dates back to 15th century England, when it was used to simply describe the light coming from the moon. A bit later, it began You're being... You're going really deep on the word moonshine. Uh, uh, you no. went back to moonshining yeah. as the origin story. <laughs> exactly. The what happened was the moon would shine down, so that's where they got moonshine. You know okay. why? Because we we're a grassroots <laughs> yeah, that's right. podcast. Yeah. You know? That's right. Okay. It's literally one sentence. <laughs> you told us to jump in. I did. I did. This is all my fault. <laughs> 
A bit later, it began being used to describe work that was done by the light of the moon, but it wasn't until the late 1800s that it would describe the act of making liquor illegally as well as the illegal liquor itself. Indeed, today, moonshine is still technically illegal for both tax and safety reasons. Oh, tax. Yeah, which I'll get to. And yet, you can definitely buy liquor described as moonshine on the label, which are not whiskeys, but they're also not not whiskeys. So hmm. how did things get so confusing? Mm. Well, like most things whiskey, the Scotch and the Irish are to blame. <laughs> In the years before the revolution, there was a massive influx of English, German, Scotch, and Irish immigrants. At the time, there was a famous saying that went, when the English came, they built a church. When Germans came, they built a barn. When the Scotch and the Irish came, they built a still. <laughs> but owing to long-established prejudices, the Scotch-Irish folk were forced to settle on the edges of the English colonies in the isolation of the Appalachian Mountains, where they were free to carry out their rabid love of whiskey. In fact, so rabid was their love for the clear liquor that they basically used it as currency, trading it for goods and services because it was easier to distribute farmed grains in a compact liquid form rather than in bulky bales that were ripe for infestation and spoilage. And for a while, things in Appalachia were swell. But then came the Revolutionary War and the ensuing need to pay for it. In 1791, Secretary of Treasury Alexander Hamilton instituted an excise tax. Somebody should shoot that guy. <laughs> Too soon for that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Which jacked up the price of whiskey everywhere, causing the Scotch-Irish distillers to begin tarring and feathering any tax collector Ooh. brave or stupid enough to wander up their mountains. <laughs> <laughs> overreaction just a little bit <laughs> this sentiment spread farther into western pennsylvania and ultimately culminated in a mob setting fire to a tax collector's home near pittsburgh whereupon president george washington had heard enough uh, you know what i did here what they said pittsburgh but they came from jersey to do uh, the job did they yeah because mm. it was a mob so <laughs> the Jersey mom. Yes. All the way back then. All the way back. Dude. Wow. Yeah. Right. I think there was a reality show. Tony Soprano right? yeah. all the way. All the way. Yeah. His we, you great, know. great, great, great. Oh, great. yeah. 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 They sailed over too. All right, so George Washington had heard enough. After organizing 13,000 federal troops, he marched into the state and crushed the so-called Whiskey Rebellion with very little <laughs> actual fighting. Amazingly, there were only two men convicted of treason, both of whom were pardoned by Washington, and the tax that caused the whole ruckus was repealed by Thomas Jefferson a few years later. So the rebels and the Scotch-Irish were back to pretty much where they were before, living the sweet life of distilling and drinking their unaged whiskey. But then came the Civil War and the ensuing need to pay for that. In 1862, Abraham Lincoln signed the law establishing the Internal Revenue Service service boo, boo. yuckaroo that's why you're on the penny yeah <laughs> I get it now. Because they count every cent. <laughs> Which was tasked with collecting taxes on luxury goods like liquor and tobacco. When tax collection resumed in the Appalachian Mountains, local distillers once again reacted violently, but they also went nocturnal, performing their now illegal activities at night, and thus the modern usage of the term moonshine was born. Oh, it's a wonderful <laughs> night for some moonshine. Let's drink some whiskey, go blind. It's a wonderful night for some crickets. Let's sing some songs and they'll whine. I picture crickets with like top hats. Yeah, they're, like much they're much more blue collar. <laughs> they are. They hang out by the dumpster and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and, drink, and drink coffee. Ham like and eggers. Like, hey, how you guys doing? Sue's <laughs> <laughs> coming over. She's a hottie, huh? She's almost my size. You know what I mean? I don't know I'm available. <laughs> She's almost my size. <laughs> <laughs> Once you go cricket, you never walk right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh my God. God. Thank oh, crickets wow. for that comment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so fast forward to Prohibition, which made distilling without a license illegal, which in turn led to all sorts of negative unintended consequences, as we discussed in our first whiskumentary way back in season two. Mostly dubious endeavors like the Mafia, bootlegging, and NASCAR. <laughs> yes, 
NASCAR. You see, a little more than a decade after Prohibition ended, many soldiers returning home from World War II, armed with new mechanical skills, ah. took on work as bootleggers. They modified their cars to maximize moonshine transport and developed their driving skills to evade the law. And on their free days, they would participate in races against Just each other. <laughs> Never mean no, no harm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they would participate <laughs> in races against each other, which eventually became NASCAR. But getting back to the spirit itself, Moonshine has always had a bit of a bad reputation because if you didn't know what you were doing, your distillate can contain methyl alcohol, which can cause kidney failure, blindness, and even death. Also, an improperly constructed still can explode if the distillation gases aren't siphoned off properly. I actually had a relative that went blind from, from drinking moonshine. Yep. moonshine. No, not at all. It's totally unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. It was from masturbating, I hear. Oh my god! I think it was like a cousin of my grandmother's. Really? Yeah, he went blind. Did he, he make, make his own? Yep, he uh, made his own. Oh, that's what he means. If you yep. don't cut it off at the right point, you get the bad stuff. <laughs> that's a scientific, a scientific term. You get the bad stuff. Add in the whole tax evasion thing, and you can see why making moonshine is still illegal today. Mm. So, if you see a bottle on the shelves labeled as moonshine, white whiskey, or white dog, they're really just marketing terms. And as far as the U.S. Tax and Trade Bureau, or TTB, is concerned, these spirits exist in a gray area that even they have trouble categorizing. Whether it be a neutral spirit, a grain spirit, a vodka, or a specialty spirit, they're all perfectly legal. So legal, in fact. How legal is it? <laughs> why, Sue, they're so legal that they're in danger of becoming a corporate cash grab. Following the sex success, following the sex of old smoky Tennessee moonshine, and the twelve years running cable TV series Moonshiners, which will come up again later, Moonshine's storied history is being exploited by larger companies looking to turn a trend into a profit. Indeed, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, George Dickel, and Buffalo Trace all have their own clear spirits on the market, and it actually makes a little bit of sense. If the unaged clear distillate tastes good enough, why not skip the barreling and get it to consumers right away? Well, no reason, except that maybe it doesn't taste good. But that's what we're about to find out right now. All right, so the first one up is going to be the Tim Smith Climax Moonshine, right? Mm. And I got a little uh, story from uh, BarrelsAndMash.com. Yeah. In 2011, the Discovery Channel launched a TV show called Moonshiners, which mm. Scott just referenced, which chronicles the lives and crazy happenings of a group of guys, including a man named Tim Smith, who makes white lightning in the Appalachian Mountains of Climax, Virginia. You got to love those people. <laughs> they, they said, fuck it. You know? <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> While it may seem like a terrible idea to let a full camera crew film hey, you. Hey, I live in Blackwood. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Siobhan, comment? <laughs> Nothing to say. <laughs> and while it may seem like a terrible idea <laughs> to let a full camera crew film you doing illegal things, these guys somehow managed to make whiskey and evade the authorities. Wow. But did they really? Because what they don't want you to know is that Tim Smith started his own legitimate liquor business about 10 years ago. Uh. Just two years into the show's run, it's called Tim Smith Spirits. They produce a bourbon, a rye, a blended whiskey, and of course, clear spirits branded as Climax Moonshine. <laughs> Tim also claims that his moonshine is a hundred-year-old family recipe. Like, yeah. they all always, are. They're yeah. always claiming right. I know. exactly. I know, right? <laughs> now, there's no way to verify, but regardless, he definitely milking the whole Appalachian nostalgia thing. <laughs> totally. He's milking it to Climax. <laughs> <laughs> I think this will be our first episode banned by the church. 
they yeah. a sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Uh, let me think. Catholic let me Church, think. new sponsor for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. <laughs> right. I think we just lost I thought we them. were outside of FCC regulations. Yeah. Okay. It's almost done. Go ahead. Almost. Not only does he have the TV show, he also got an entire YouTube channel where you can watch him wearing overalls without a shirt and drinking moonshine with his friends. Oh, my God. If I haven't watched hours and hours, just, you know, milking myself to climax watching that show. <laughs> Oh my God. So this brings us to Tim's legal moonshine, which is what we have today. Climax moonshine is selling pretty well. And I've had a few of the liquor store guys say it's the only moonshine that besides Old Smoky that really sells. Yeah. And I guess it's because of its tie in to the show that's very popular. Right. And so that's in our neat glasses, which it, we have labeled number one. Yeah. There are number one neat glasses. Lids are wrong. We're swirling a bit. The proof is 90. The mash bill, 80% corn, 10% rye, 10% malted barley, and a small amount of sugar cane. Interesting. The distiller is Belmont Farm Distillery in Culpeper, Virginia, and the owner is Prost Beverage Company, who licensed the rights from Tim Smith in 2013. The price is about $30. Ed, you picked this up? Yeah, 32 32 $32.99, I think, before tax. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, if you don't own a neat glass yet for tasting whiskey, you're missing the boat, please go to neatglass.com. So if you put in whiskey tan, you'll get 10% off your first order. All right, so let's nose it. All right, so I want everyone to temper their expectations. Oh, wow. wow. God damn it. Oh, my God. It smells like tequila. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's very papery. Oh, I don't like the smell at all. No. So I'm not drinking that. <laughs> I don't know what. It smells like regrets. <laughs> wow. I mean, it is definitely. It smells like something I would dip my Easter eggs in for coloring. <laughs> or no. your nails after you yeah. get the color off. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to strip my liver of my liver. Oh, um, my God, this smells awful. Yeah, it is really rude. It is worse than I expected when I was expecting bad. Like, I guess Everclear, like just fire. and Yeah. But it's only 90 proof. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to get nosy notes from you guys. Let me tell you what Farrell and Mash yeah. says. Bright, sweet corn and sugary, almost rum-like quality. This is on the no. nose. There's no heat from the rye, and in a neat glass, there is no ethanol burn. No, that's true. But it really does have a tequila finish on the nose. Yeah, it's very acrid. Oh all right. God. Well, listen, we Whose all idea was we this? all came here to taste it, so <laughs> we have to taste it. This was my terrible taste idea. Taste it. Oh right now, all of you. Taste it. Taste it. And I should mention that we are recording this on April Fool's Day, so it's a perfect day to do foolish things. <laughs> all right. It tastes a little bit better than it smells, but just a little bit. Now the aftertaste. Mm. Oh. What oh, is wow. that? That's Elmer's glue on wood. Black licorice? Uh, do you smell black licorice? Yeah, a little. Taste April Fools! <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, do you get that kind of? I'm trying. You're trying. To pull yeah. Something it out makes of this. me it's, want to drink yeah. James Pepper Burp. It makes me want to what build a house with wood to? because that's all I taste in my mouth. Sweet it's, corn yeah. is by far the main component, they say, but sugarcane adds a different layer of sweetness. There is sweetness. I'm not going to say there isn't sweetness, but it is masked by this grotesque finish that I can't even begin to explore it's yet. It's like licking paper. You have You're a piece right. of you are paper, not even paper. Right. It's like, yes. it's not even, that's not even strong enough. Like, like cut wood or something? Like yeah. cut lumber or well, something? Well, paper is made out of what? Yeah, wood. paper, so yeah. It's, it's in that wood family. It's in that ballpark. Um, they say there's a slight cereal note and rye yeah. lurking rotten in the background. Rotten cereal? Yeah. <laughs> is it rotted? Rotten wood? Rotten paper? Rotted cereal? Rotten, <laughs> rotten wood? <laughs> Licorice. The mouthfeel is being velvety and rich, thicker than I expected. That's what she said. <laughs> 
I'm going to add some water in it. See if it does anything. I mean, That's how do true. people drink this? Um, they can't be drinking this straight like what this. What does it cost? It was 30 $32. Bucks. But yeah. I, I think we see why there's so many flavored moonshines. Yeah. And I feel like when you see people drinking the Old West, I feel like this is what they were drinking most of the time. Like, you know, you do four or five shots of this, you'll get there. It's not a pleasant way to go. But no. Is this a drink that you do more of shots with instead of sip? Oh, is fuck it a, yeah. Right? Probably. Okay. If yeah. I had to. Yeah. Gun to my gun head. To your head. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to drink five ounces of this. I'm like, well, I'm doing it in five shots. So it's a shot drink. It's not like a sipping. Oh, I mean, this I particular one is not a sipper. No. Can't imagine people sipping on this. No. Now, the finish, which we hate, let me tell you what they talk about that finally the rye comes out as the sweet corn and sugar dominance fades oh it's gonna come out <laughs> and some spice comes to the front it's not much but it's very welcome and helps bring a bit of complexity to the sip finishes long and leaves your mouth coated with a sweetness as the alcohol floats off into space they are this so guy, full of this shit this guy is so trying to be beneficial I, i'm gonna try one more time when it's completely gone there is a little bit of sweetness left in your mouth oh but, you're yeah. right but it's also very drying yes this is without a doubt a top five worst whiskey experience for me. <laughs> no, I agree. This I, is not good. I it is worse than I expected. This is not I good. now know why Billy up and asked was chuckling <laughs> when I told him that I had it in the car. He goes, oh, Hey, yeah, all right, dude. See how that goes for you. You guys are in for a terrible yeah. night. <laughs> I mean, he used the word. He said it's like terrible. It's the reason people don't buy it. Uh, all right. So putting a little bit of water on it. Uh, no, because hold on. Putting a lot of water on yeah, it helps. This is where you want to go 50-50. Mm. Like two ounces of moonshine, two ounces of water, and then another ounce of water. water. I'm gonna put some sparkling water in there. It's not the time. It's not the time to criticize my South Jersey colloquialness. Why? I'm suffering over here. My mouth, my mouth can barely <laughs> form words. <laughs> my mouth can barely form letters and words. You're fine. Don't pour seltzer in it. That's even worse. Oh my god! Why oh would my, you do that? It's like bit, opened up the yeah, taste. Yeah, now, now I've got bubbles of licking <laughs> oh paper. Now, now you'll be burping this up in a half hour. Oh, for crying out loud! That is just absolutely garbage. I, we've, <laughs> I told you we're making cocktails with this later, and I have to tell you, I can't wait to see if it can save it. Oh yeah, god. maybe it can. So let's switch gears real quick sure. because scott and i went to well, i mean he went to four or five liquor stores i went to four or five liquor stores finding the moonshine wasn't hard finding white liquor was i was looking specifically for the buffalo trace white dog mash number one and so was scott and we couldn't find it anywhere no but i was in benash and you know benash it's kind of like they seduced me with their whiskey mm-hmm. okay and they're over there mm-hmm. like hey try this and then this really friendly guy there a guy named ipaj IPAJ. And, and he let me taste the stag and he let me taste the uh, larceny brow proof. The let new you do one. a lot of things. Nothing that fun. It wasn't that type of a thing. That's wasn't a, it? Not that type of seduction. Okay. No. And meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, but I really need the Buffalo Trace White Dog. And IPAJ goes, I got a bottle out of my house. He goes, if you follow me to my house, I'll give you some. I got some oh, candy shit. in now, my van. Right. I just met this guy. So IPAJ is like, come to my house at Maple Shade and you can have some, but you need a bottle. So Billy tosses me like the cheapest vodka, 200 milliliter, <laughs> half pint. Yeah. Literally a $2 bottle. Yeah. And so literally we went to the house and he brought out the bottle and he poured it right in front of me into the bottle. And, and that's how we got. Our, that's how we got it. By me falling to a stranger's house. Though gave me a mason jar of moonshine made by his friend in Virginia. So this is actually illegal moonshine. We can definitely try We're this. We're all going blind. This is uh, it. My kidneys are going to fail. We can try that as well. Like kind of as a bonus at the very end to see where it fits into the world. This is made by his boy Coons. 
up in the, uh, still in the hills of West Virginia. Or oh Virgin- I think it's Virginia. He wanted me to give you a shout out. You think he's listening? Let's give a shout out. <laughs> and, and he told me I had to. And I totally believe you. you know why? Because I actually lived in Culpeper, Virginia for a little bit. Yeah. And there used to be a Coons Honda. Oh. I hated that fucking name <laughs> yes. so much. Well, I couldn't stand it. I'm like, why couldn't you guys just we say just like lost that Culpeper Honda? You know what I mean? Wait. Cross Coons Honda <laughs> off the sponsor list. <laughs> And so um, tell us about Buffalo Trace White Dog Mash Number 1, Sue. Okay. In Kentucky, Buffalo carved a pathway that was followed by America's first explorers. And those brave pioneers distilled whiskey using traditional methods and drank it right off the still. Called quote-unquote white dog, this was clear, unaged, and had a hint of sweet corn. Later, distillers discovered that it was perfect for aging in charred barrels, creating what we know today as fine Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And more than 200 years later, (laughs) we're still following centuries of time-honored distilling tradition and making whiskey on the spot where ancient buffalo once crossed the Kentucky (laughs) River. Such an obscure reference. A, a little tumbleweed. Yeah. There hasn't time. been a fucking buffalo in Kentucky in like literally 200 years. That's from their website. That's like saying, in New Jersey with our dinosaur rye. <laughs> dinosaur rye. <laughs> we go back to the tradition of dinosaurs roaming New Jersey. Uh, like how obscure, bro. Uh, all right. So the stats of this proof is 125. Oh the mash bill is not disclosed, but it's their number one mash bill that they use, which is purported to be about 10% rye. So you can extrapolate the corn and the malted barley from that. The distiller, of course, is Buffalo Trace in Frankfurt. Uh, the owner is Sazerac, of course, in New Orleans. And the price is like 20 bucks. For a 375, though. Yes, exactly. They sell this in half bottles. Yeah. What's funny is this smells like ass, but compared to the Climax, mm. it's like all the notes we had on Climax, but toned down by like 60%. If this was the first one I smelled, I would have been like, oh, this is terrible. But now I'm like, well, my God, this is a hell of a lot better. This is definitely better smelling. But yet I can still smell the same notes. Yeah, it's still the same thing. I can still smell a lot of vinegar. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is vinegary. Yeah, I'm still dying eggs. Yeah, still dying eggs. All right, so the reason why I want this and the reason why Ed went to such great lengths to get it is because this is what they use from their grain mash. Right. And then they put it in barrels and it becomes... Buffalo Trace, Benchmark, Eagle Rare, both the 10 and 17 year expressions, multiple variations of E.H. Taylor, Uh Stag Jr., which is now called Stag, and the higher end expression George T. Stag. Right. This becomes all of those things. Which goes into our topic of the evolution of bourbon. Exactly. So it goes from this $20 for a 375 to what you'll get on the aftermarket of a $1,500 bottle. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. Let's give it a taste. Oh my I'm god, scared. I'm so like, nervous. I know, right? You're, yeah, I'm, I'm literally so scared. nervous. Oh wow. It's definitely a little sweeter. Wow, this is way better. It still isn't good. I feel like I should be boiling ribs in this. But this way, <laughs> can we agree this has actually got some flavor to it? It yes. finishes way better. The bad taste is kind of more in the front for this one, and then it finishes with like a little bit of a corn sweetness. I get like a rye spice almost immediately. Yeah. And then I get corn sweetness later. It absolutely tastes better than the other thing. It's got a nice hug, but the taste is not appealing. It's not great. So I could drink this. Like the other one, if it wasn't for being on the episode, I would have poured it out. I wouldn't have taken a second sip of it. But this, I would drink this if someone gave to me. I wouldn't drink it every night. I would drink it once a year, just if I'm camping somewhere and I'm being like, hey, let's. Well, yeah. have anything else yeah Yeah. you're really not putting the bar up to no but i mean i want to be clear that this is something that's worth tasting 
It's worth tasting to, to see where the roots of I bourbon and whiskey disagree. come from. Yeah. I could see this definitely being something that you mix with. Yeah. But I can see why they would use this you know, as a base because it has other attributes to it. Mm-hmm. But the taste itself is like something they have to hide. So I get a little bit of like grapey sweetness in it, which is very strange to me. But the cool thing about it is the fact that they do turn this into real whiskey. And I think that's why it tastes different because yeah. with no disrespect to Climax, but disrespect to Climax. It's just a better starting whiskey. Don't disrespect Absolutely. the climax. You know? <laughs> yeah. And remember that when we were drinking this, this is 125 proof. And it's it's incredibly smooth yes. for 125. It's, it's 35 oh, it more. Yeah. And this one is way better. So, Sue, tell us some tasting notes. Off of the paper or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us the tasting notes from um, This is Whiskey Reviewer. Okay. After the first whiff. <laughs> The intense alcohol drifts away, and the nose is... Redolent. Thank you. Can't give me something past third grade. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, With corn (laughs) and trampled greens. Uh, But then as you really study the aroma, you find sweet cereal and milk. Yeah, no. That's a weird tasting note. The mouthfeel is big and boldly tingles. Now that's just just rude. It is big, bold. It is, and it boldly tingles. Wasn't that your name? Big and boldly tingles? tingles? Yeah. BBT? Yeah, it's my Tinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) Big, boldly tingles is in the house. (laughs) 27. (laughs) 27 (laughs) centimeters. (laughs) Ooh, that's not Look it up. It's like 10 inches. That's nice. Yeah, that's not true. (laughs) Ask me how I know 27 centimeters. He doesn't know. know. He doesn't know. (laughs) Because I looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, he doesn't know anything because he knows that's a lie. All right. Yeah. But if you're careful to hold it in your mouth for about five seconds, it becomes surprisingly soft. Wow. So it tastes like whiskey dick. Okay, great. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. There's no way he didn't type that and laugh out loud. Did you realize what you were typing? I'm serving this. (laughs) And now the next note is finish. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's more. There's more. Seemingly short at first. That's what she said. Well, it always is, right? It's a grower. It's a grower. (laughs) Wait for it. Yeah. It's a wash with corn and a rye-like spiciness. Yes, I agree with that. But then it becomes creamy. No, I... Floral. I'm not done. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Floral and a bit grassy Mm. with more hints of sweet vanilla milk. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. The more I drink it, the more I like it. Yeah, me too. And I was just going to say that because the finish where she talked about it was creamy, floral, and a bit grassy. That's exactly what it tastes like. Like, I'm not getting the sweet vanilla milk and the the cereal grains and that kind of thing. But the boldly tingles and the rye-like spiciness in the beginning and it fading into sort of a sweet creaminess, that's what it is. This is definitely a good virgin whiskey. I'm I'm trying to be funny with everybody. It's just a great... (laughs) Like, it's trying to be serious now, guys. It is a great base. Big and boldy tingles is trying to be serious. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so hilarious! (laughs) BBT, 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 BBT the BBT Rita. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly think it's because the more I drink it, I realize that this is a tremendous foundation for a lot of the whiskeys that we have enjoyed. Yeah, I'm really glad that we got this because if we only got the climax, I would have a completely different impression. I would too of what white whiskey is. Yeah, is certainly not great, and I think maybe because we've drank 300 whiskeys in our life, and Mm -hmm. and and I can kind of see some of the notes that are there to be developed in a barrel. Mm -hmm. Big shout out to. IPAJ, because-
because without you, we would have a completely different oh my God. on this episode. Yeah, th- this was really good. Okay, so I have a two fun facts about Moonshine that I came across that I thought were very interesting. One is that Mountain Dew was originally created, the soft drink, yeah. as a mixer for Moonshine. Wow. Because... As we discovered, the moonshine that we tasted, it's terrible. Right. So they made Mountain Dew, which was also another name for moonshine, to put in your moonshine. Wow. So wait, was it different than the soda? Like it was actually like a like yeah. a local soda? It was like a syrup. Uh, yeah, it was like a local soda, like Boost. All right, right, from around here. <laughs> yeah, from around right, here. So yeah. um, Pepsi made a national version of it because of the popularity. They did. They bought it at some point, and then they probably changed uh-huh. the formula a little bit and put all those flavors and stuff in it. Yeah. The second thing, so you remember in cartoons, somebody would have a jug, right. and it had the triple X's yeah, on it. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 and yeah. what that means, mm-hmm. every X means the number of times it was put through the still. Oh, so wow. three X's means triple distilled. Oh, shit. Isn't yeah. that cool? That's that so is cool. Awesome. Honestly, if you're a hardcore whiskey drinker and you can get a sip of the Buffalo Trace White Dog Mash number one, definitely do it. I drank the whole thing and I would drink some more right now because I'm really into it right now. It's funny. So, Sue, you mentioned that you caught something off the moonshine that you described as an anise flavor. Yeah. I'm actually getting it in this. Oh, okay. I'm getting a white dog. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Yeah. On the finish, I got a little little bit. bit. I don't think I'm going to drink it again for a really long time. No, no, I'll never have so this I'm again. Really, I'm really trying <laughs> yeah. to like just stamp it into my mind. And yet I'm really happy I did. And yeah. I haven't drank a lot tonight. It's 125 proof. And I'm looking yeah. to get a little bit of a buzz on, which is why they made Moonshine to begin with, Scott. That's right. So I think it's time for a break and come back with some cocktails and see if we make that climax mm-hmm. not taste like ass. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, so we are back with our terrible moonshine Ouch. versus white dog whiskey episode. Mm. It, I mean, the episode's good. The whiskeys are not good. <laughs> However, now what we have is not only the <clears throat> cocktails that Ed told us that we were going to have, mm. but first, we are going to try Old Smokey's Tennessee Apple Pie Moonshine <laughs> After Siobhan tells us a little bit about it. Right. We wanted to have some commercial moonshine and Old Smokey has, my God, two dozen expressions. Yeah. Old Smokey has been making moonshine in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee ever since our great, great mamas and papas (laughs) stepped foot in the area over a hundred years ago. But it wasn't until Tennessee state law changed that we were able to legally open our first federally licensed distillery in Gatlinburg on July 4th, 2010. Mm. Of course, the moonshine business hasn't always been on the right side of the law, but since it led us to where we are now, crafting some of the best moonshines and whiskeys you're ever going to taste. We'll be the judge of that. You could say it was totally worth it, and you'd be right. Today, we still make the same kick-in-the-mouth moonshine that folks have loved for over a century. But we've also continued to innovate with flavors that made us famous, like peach, lemon drop, apple pie, strawberry, peppermint, sour watermelon, butter pecan. (laughs) Watermelon! (laughs) 
<laughs> You're such a Malone. <laughs> you like how I just read through it like it was yeah, just normal. No, you did, yeah, yeah. Avenitza says a raccoon. <laughs> a raccoon. A raccoon. Yeah. Just for one second, I thought, well, that's just how Siobhan pronounces it. <laughs> I'm just going to let that go. That's right. South Jersey accent. Yeah. That's, that's a North Jersey North thing. Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. North Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay. Um, butter pecan, coffee flavored Mountain Java, coconut flavored Sun Beach, moonshine pickles, and 18 more. Mmm. Because having a heritage you're proud of is great and all, but being great right now is even better. Mm. <laughs> I actually saw a, 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 show. I saw a banana pie one. A banana I, pie one? Yeah. yeah, they have so many expressions. Mm. It's ridiculous. And that one was kind of milky and creamy looking. Yeah. Like the apple pie one's just flavored, just liquid. But yeah. I've seen jars stuffed full with pineapples and peaches and cherries. Like, yeah. It's crazy. And then people maybe just eat the fruit or yeah, whatever's right. in there and not so yeah. much drinking the liquid. Well, they'll probably do yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, see that it's a party. You yeah. might have one. To, you know, you might have the fruit. You this person drinks. It's just, That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a buffet. It's a buffet <laughs> in a jar. Buffet in a jar. <laughs> you got apple pie. You got pickles. Shrimp fried. Shrimp fried shrimp and lemon shrimp and bubblegum shrimp. Coconut shrimp. There was no shrimp moonshine. Oh, there wasn't. Thank God for that. Okay. Damn. That's next. Maybe next year. Crawdad. Crawdads. Crawdad moonshine. This is 70 proof, so it's more of a liqueur. Yeah. Right, we're oh, back yeah. To almost a flavored whiskey episode we did with the laddies. Yes. And, uh, and so I think it's what gives them the freedom to do whatever they want with it, to be honest, and just call it moonshine. It definitely is a flavored whiskey, I guess. The mash bill is 100% corn, though. Yep. And natural flavors and colors. The distiller is Old Smoky Distillery in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. The owner is Joe Baker. He founded it. Yeah. Price is with 25 bucks. Yeah. They have an unflavored one that I wish i knew what the proof was on that yeah i have a link hold on yeah so i'll, I'll look it up all right as you're sniffing it yeah, okay all right so i get mm. something very interesting on this, this. is look at so apples and they're smelling oh my god this i get so mcguire air force base <laughs> My God. <laughs> I got 1972. Apple. Wait a minute. Do I have the right glass? Because I get apple pie. 1985. The B1 bomber. And we're in soldier housing. Okay. My family was in service. Yeah. And I hear Toto in the background. Africa. To the song Africa. Yes. From Toto the band. Yes. Right. Oh, I'm totally getting that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so obscure. I love it. No, but like what I get is the McDonald's <laughs> apple pie. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. The, the, like the yes. deep fried apple yes. pie. That's what oh, I use. And so I don't want to work by uh, Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren. <laughs> I don't want to work. I just <laughs> want to drink apple pie all day. Well, <laughs> oh, by the way, the uh, moonshine that you were talking about, the clear one from them, yeah. is 100 proof. Right. Are we tasting? Oh, wait, wait smell, taste, yeah. whatever you want. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. That's really good. This is that apple pie in liquid. Oh form. Yeah. yeah! Wow, this is yes. this is so delicious. Sweet. It, it's great. <gasps> we talked on the flavored whiskey episode about how some people hit the mark that they're looking for, and yeah. this is apple pie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this tastes like a liquid and apple they, pie. They weren't around the table going, "What should we call this?" Oh, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I would oh, love to. <laughs> I would love to try that sour watermelon. <laughs> watermelon. Yeah. yeah, I would love to try it. That because if it's sour, oh my god! Anybody getting shrimp? <laughs> no. Anybody else getting McGuire Air Force Base 1985? Anyone getting a hint? I'm of getting Toto. Africa. Toto. Playing in the background. Have you got a hint of cocktail sauce? <laughs> 
No, <laughs> let's just call it apple pie. Wow, I mean, it's apple it pie. It's, it's cinnamon, intense. cinnamon spices. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm saving some because I feel like when I drink these cocktails, I'm, I'm going to want to finish <laughs> yeah. with exactly. some of this. Yeah, Because these yeah. cocktails are made with that terrible Climax moonshine, so I can't oh wait to God. see what they're like. Yeah, so Siobhan, <laughs> read the taste of notes. I don't think they're going to differ very much from apple pie and cinnamon. <laughs> Is this but anything about Toto? Or? <laughs> Probably not Toto, oh. but let's see. Okay. Right. Oh, all right. Tasting notes from Whiskey Reviewer. Nose. Pie spices with cinnamon <laughs> being first and foremost. Yes. Then apple juice. Oh, yeah. But mostly <laughs> it's the spices. Absolutely, apple juice. Yeah. Um, Pretty the- much dissecting <laughs> apple pie recipe. Exactly. Apple, <laughs> apple, 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 and spice. Sugar. Right. Yeah, sugary <laughs> apple spice. Okay, on the palate, the apple comes forward to share center stage with a flavor that really is just like apple pie. Absolutely. Apple slutely. They they absolutely finish sweetly spiced with a hint of heated ethanol. Mm. Yeah, there's a little bit of fire at the end. Yeah, consider it seventy proof. It must be a very raw base spirit. Oh yeah, there's alcohol in there. (laughs) Oh there it is. There it is. It's not just apple pie. (laughs) The sweetness. Son of a bitch. (laughs) All right. So before we get to the cocktails, I have a story about a man named Popcorn (laughs) Sutton. Probably one of the last bootleggers of our time. And you are going to love this guy. Are you ready? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. You so built it up. I did. I built it up. <laughs> right? So this is from an article titled Legend or Lawbreaker, The Real Story of Popcorn Sutton, written by John Goulion for the website thesmokies.com. Tennessee loves the lore of its moonshine, from mountain boys outrunning revenuers and hopped up hot rods to the illicit pleasure of drawing a sip of untaxed apple pie whiskey made in a still in someone's barn. Mm-hmm. Oh, the untaxed tastes oh, I know. so much better. It's right? so sexy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a rebel-y. Is this untaxed? <laughs> oh. Yes. I'm wrecked. <laughs> There's a rugged outlaw poetry that even the most straight-laced law-buying East Tennessean will embrace when it comes to the original Mountain Dew. You want proof? Just listen to the lyrics of Rocky Top, one of Tennessee's official state songs. Wish that I was on old Rocky Top, down in the Tennessee hills. Ain't no smoggy smoke on Rocky Top, ain't no telephone bills. Once I had a girl on Rocky Top, half bear, other half cat. Wild as a mink, but sweet as soda pop, I still dream about that. And once two strangers climbed old Rocky Top looking for a moonshine still. Strangers ain't come down from Rocky Top. Reckon they never will. (gasps) That's right. Even Tennessee toddlers just about from the time they can talk are singing songs about killing feds while drinking moonshine from a jar. (laughs) And it was in this setting of mythical anti-hero lore that Marvin Popcorn Sutton thrived. Born in Maggie Valley, North Carolina in 1946, Sutton spent most of his life in the hollers and the mountains between Maggie Valley and Cock County, Tennessee. This was too late to participate in the true era of the bootlegger. Too late to participate. Too late to participate. (laughs) But Sutton considered moonshining to be a part of his heritage. As a result, he set about the family business with gusto. And despite multiple arrests beginning in 1974, including assault with a deadly weapon Mm. in 1985, he was subsequently sentenced to several months in prison. And when he got out, he went right back to plying his craft and running afoul of the wall. He learned his lesson. For another 25 years. (laughs) Jesus. But for all of his law-breaking, shine-running back country ways, Popcorn Sutton was secretly a marketing genius. Profane and possessed of a long scraggly beard, overalls, and a beat-up old hat decorated with feathers and a bone that he said was from a coon's pecker, 
He was written about extensively in publications like the New York Times. He'd appeared in documentaries on the History Channel, and he even self-published an autobiography titled Me and My Liquor, with liquor spelled L-I-K-K-E-R. One more K and we couldn't have this on. That's right. We'd be canceled. And so, for years, he was the living caricature of Old Smoky Mountain Man. But in reality, he was a contradiction. One part authenticity, one part money, and one part fame. Money. In a memorable six-minute stretch of the documentary, This is the Last Damn Run of Liquor I'll Ever Make, he curses roughly 75 times. But in another scene, he eloquently explains the science behind the distillation, and the stills he builds are a marvel of engineering made of nothing but stones and mud in a way that suggests that he could have had a nice career in construction if he had wanted. But Sutton didn't really have any interest in living the life that the rest of us lead. At one point in the documentary, he takes a break and tells the camera that he started smoking and drinking at the age of six. Braggart. Yeah. They say that smoking and drinking will kill you, but my granddaddy lived to be somewhere around 90 years old. Right. And when he died, they said it was that damn old liquor and cigarettes what killed him. I don't believe that, but I ain't going to worry about it. I ain't going to see 90 anyway. (laughs) And well, spoiler alert, he didn't. (laughs) In March 2008, Sutton told an undercover federal officer that he could sell him 900 gallons of moonshine, which led to an ATF raid, a guilty plea, and 18 months in federal lockup. But rather than go back to prison at 62 and having been previously diagnosed with cancer, Popcorn Sutton went out to his car, ran a hose from the exhaust pipe to the driver's side window. That's how you do it, brother. Exactly. Locked himself in and started the ignition. In one of his documentaries, he said, this is a hell of a way to make a living, this goddamn liquor, but I don't think anyone believes that he'd have wanted to do anything else that was good he lived how he wanted to live he did but you know he could have done that 18 months another 22 years after that like his granddaddy yeah i guess he didn't have a good time the first time he went in and he had cancer cancer, yeah yeah, how bad was his cancer did we know i don't know well god bless him for that but um okay so now we have three moonshine cocktails that i've named in funny ways so I made basically moonshine versions of the three cocktails we made on our original episode five, oh, our God. first cocktail oh, no. episode. Yeah. So the first one is the Moonhattan. Moonhattan over my hammy. Which, which glass? <laughs> this one. Oh, oh. oh God wow. damn it. <laughs> basically, this is just the 212 Manhattan with the whiskey replaced with the crappy Climax moonshine. Right, I'm not smelling any of these. I'm going to make that clear right now. I yeah, can't smell it. It's that leather paper tequila thing. Oh, my God. All right. Yet I keep smelling it. Too. You know? Yeah, I know. It's horrible. Here. I gotta smell it again. Your- I, I think Sue and I are owed another oh. episode oh. because this oh. was just Is it bad? unfair. Oh Is it bad? Wow. <laughs> oh my wow. god. Do you hate me? Oh my god. <laughs> Why are you giving me motor fuel? Oh I swear god. to God, we like being haze. What did I do? Don't what smell it. Don't smell it. I, uh, uh, I, feel like, I, got, I feel like it turned the vermouth that quick. Oh, my like. God. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's better than the moonshine I, without it. I'm going to say no. I say no. Really? There's something about the sweetness. It's almost like it turned. It's like oh, it's not sap- good. I am proposing that Sue and I are owed another episode <laughs> where we can actually drink some real whiskey. Right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We'll have you on the news next week. Yeah, we'll have you on the news episode, <laughs> which actually came out last week. All right. So we'll have you you on that how about that to make up for wasn't this. that already gonna be the player <laughs> yeah sure and, and we've already done it we've already done it you're in the whiskey wormhole can we do the next two drinks because I, I feel like i punched I feel like myself a bermuda or can i just staple wow. my tongue to the table oh. or like some type of jackass prank all right it's possible we might like some of these but not really okay so the second one is a riff on the old-fashioned basically replacing the whiskey with moonshine and i call this the old-fashioned 
Wow. Ah. I like it though. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. Oh, shit, I smelled it again. God damn it. Stop smelling it. It's habit. It smells terrible. Even Jeff wouldn't smell it again. Uh, <laughs> smell it again, Jeff. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Oh, that's the best. That's actually not bad. Because the sugar just kind of wastes. Yes. I mean. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Because basically in old fashioned is whiskey, sugar, and bitters. And so this is moonshine, sugar, and bitters. I'm getting Avon mini lipsticks. Oh. Avon mini lipsticks. From the 80s. Do you no, remember those? Yeah. No, I'm taking, I, I almost, hold on. Oh shit, I smelled it again. <laughs> Damn it. God, it smells so bad. But She's that, onto something here. So, not that it's a good thing. Right. Okay, not, right we're no. just, we're no, just trying but, to associate yeah. this with something. I want to see what just... fancy name you came up with with the last one, Mr. Oh, Green. so the third one I, I made was the Boulevardier, which is uh, whiskey, vermouth, and Campari which in I, equal measure. I can't and believe the, I'll be looking forward to the Campari. And, and the name I came up with is the Bootleg Vardier. Nice. <laughs> 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 Uh-oh. I mean, really? The names are why I made the drinks. <laughs> All right, let's, so let's, let's taste this one. Okay. That's also not bad. I don't know why the Manhattan's so bad. The They're f- all bad. You're just, it's all oh, no, relative. Oh, Sue, you are not wrong. But why is the Moonhattan so much worse than the other two? Oh my God. I'm getting grapefruit on this yes, next one. Yes, absolutely. You know what right? this tastes like? Yeah. If you had some Luxardo cherries from like 1985 and you tried <laughs> to eat expired. some of them. I can't yeah. get it off my tongue. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, drink more of the apple pie moonshine. I am. That's why I saved yeah. it. I'm drinking that right now. That's right. Yeah, this last one with the grapefruit, I'm going to put some water in there because this is the only one I water. think I can actually tolerate besides the <sighs> apple pie. Mm. And the apple pie is good. Yeah, so uh. I mean, the Boulevardier, the, sorry, the bootleg Vardier, <laughs> taste... The booty? Yeah, the, we'll right, call the, booty for short. Right, to its friends. Yeah, but the, this tastes the most like its actual cocktail. Okay. The Moonhattan was awful. The old fashioned wasn't terrible, but the bootleg Vardier tastes most like an actual Boulevardier, but it's not that great. No, it's really not. If you thought the apple pie tasted good when we first sipped it, <laughs> it tastes like a yeah. salvation. It tastes like, <laughs> like the water after you've been rescued from a desert. It's absolutely the best of the six things that we've tried tonight. The apple pie moonshine. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's just so Oh, it's very sweet. Oh, God, yeah. This would actually make a good cocktail, I think. The apple pie moonshine, you could put it in something and make it. Absolutely. Yes, uh, you know, you're right. We do owe Sue and Siobhan an actual episode with real whiskeys on it. Because, well, I did this for the bourbon evolution. It was for a purpose. But uh, yeah, these were not good. And we thought you would hate it, which would make more comedy. Exactly. (laughs) But I don't think we expected to hate it just as much. Exactly. And And for the most part, we did. You're being kind. Though Me I will, and Siobhan were telling it like it is. Like I would say that the white dog was very interesting by the end of the night. It was. That was probably number two. The, the yeah. apple pie was number one. The white dog was number two. The climax and all the drinks were below it. Yeah. yeah. I would take some of the drinks over the climax. I, mean, I agree with not that. The, not the Moonhattan. That was awful. I think that's a fair statement. And I don't know why. These glasses are just filled with regret. I mean, really. <laughs> they are. So, filled with regret. I mean, I hope that the people out in podcast will appreciate what we've done for you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like we are, you no longer have to do this now. This is the service we yeah, perform for you, right? Maybe. Yeah, no. right. When you no, grab, right? No. When you're grabbing the old smoky apple nope. pie, you're like, should I get some original? No, th- no, you, no, no, don't, no, no, you don't have. Just to. get the apple pie. Yes. Get the apple <laughs> pie and uh, and sit around the fireplace and be like, aren't we like you know bootleggers? <laughs> Aren't we? Put on some overalls. Yeah. Don't wear a shirt. Right, exactly. Like, oh, we went camping and drank moonshine. We're tough. Yeah, by all means, do that with the old Smokey. 
All right. We done? We are done. Thank so, God. I'd like to thank the girls for suffering with us. Yes, thank you. Suresh Ron for joining it's, it's us. It's rare that you haze jacket winners, but... Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. But the, what, uh, what happened? What did we do? I know. It's like, uh, welcome to 2023, the new world order. If you don't think Gabe's <laughs> going to get some of this, yeah. you have another thing we coming. We have saved all this for Gabe to try so he can suffer with us. Absolutely. I think you should make them one of those infinity bottles. Oh, my God. Like oh, my together. God. Of all the yes. things together. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. One sip of hell. And if you spill any of it, it probably just singe right through your skin. <laughs> it would go through the floor like the alien. <laughs> blood yes. or, or like the bathtub in Breaking Bad yeah <laughs> jeez so let's get out of here so we can go drink some yeah, better whiskey yes. take us out this is part one of the whiskey evolution story and um, it can only get better from here has to so for the Whiskey Tangent <laughs> Podcast I'm Ed I'm Scott I'm Siobhan I'm Sue cheers everybody but not with this stuff <laughs> later later